Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 398 of Her, the podcast where, well, you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today her microbiome, her gut. Yes. Oh boy. Filled with all of those little friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. We've got a wonderful show coming up. Just know that this episode is sponsored by our friends at Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. So since today we're going to be talking about the gut, let's talk about probiotics. And there are plenty of probiotics, a hundred billion little friends with benefits in that, in that capsule. So it's so important for you to be taking care of your gut and making certain that it's performing optimally. And so to do that, you have to respect the fact that sometimes, you know, especially when we're sick or we're taking antibiotics and maybe we've got a lot of inflammation going on, we need our probiotics to replenish that bacterial flora that is so valuable to us to be able to help absorb all of the nutrients the way we should when we have our great, clean, healthy eating. So run on over to solaray.com and learn more. Okay, now remember that after this episode, you're going to click on to iTunes and rate and review the show because we want to hear from you. I love hearing from you, so I'm selfish. Want your feedback. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind, her body, her life. It's all about Her. Well, it's Chef Abby Gelman time again. Uh-huh, our repeat offender, um, who is our, <laughs> our go-to culinary nutritionist par excellence, you know, an expert who has a master's in nutrition science, is a registered dietitian, and is also a certified chef, all rolled up into one gorgeous, amazing, articulate person, aren't you, Chef Abby? Yes, thank you so much for your wonderful intro. <laughs> She's saying, wait a minute, who was that person that that Dr. Peak was in. Is that, wait a minute, is that me? Oh my goodness. Chef Abby, so one of the things that you and I talk about all the time is how to be able to take full advantage of every single season and all of the food that shows up in produce, especially, um, that we could really avail ourselves of. So many people out there eat the same thing every day, and that's not healthy. It's, it's not healthy because a healthy microbiome, and that means that, uh, you know, the, the trillions of friends with benefits, all the bacteria and, and, and goodies down in our uh, gut really need diversity, nutritional dietary diversity 
to operate optimally. You know, the way I kind of look at it is it's sort of like, you know, you use the same muscles all the time and you're always sticking to the same exercise program. After a while, you know, it just sort of adapts and you don't get a chance to enhance your muscular performance. I see that as a nice little analogy of what should be happening in the gut. So, one of the things I want you to do, if you could, right now, this very moment, is to tell us um, about the wonderful offerings as we go, you know, through the fall into very early winters. Let's just say taking us all the way through December. Great. Um, well, pumpkin, right? Everyone, if you drink coffee... We know pumpkin spice lattes are the season, but I prefer to eat my pumpkin. Yay, um, me too. Drinking it, right? So all of the, what I like to, I feel like fall is the season of orange colors, right? Like, or those nice dark greens. We've got pumpkins. We've got butternut squash, other winter squash, like acorn squash. I see a lot of delicata squash now too. Um, spaghetti squash, all of all of those um, winter squash with the harder shell. Very wonderful this time of year. I also end up seeing a lot of root vegetables. So maybe it is a turnip or celeriac or, um, you know, carrots and fennel and parsnips, all of those kinds of veggies and sweet potatoes and regular potatoes. Those are all very abundant this time of year. And then I do see a lot of leafy greens still around too. I think some because the weather's a little bit warmer, but also people are growing in greenhouses. So you can get a lot of those wonderful kale and Swiss chard and um, spinach and all the leafy greens now too. I love it. And, and, I think it's so terribly important to literally, uh, you know, I troll the produce section. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just yeah. sort of like stalk it a little bit and you're looking for the stalks. Um, and, you know, I'm always fascinated with what shows up about this time of year. Um, and of course, you know, we've just, uh, you know, uh, gotten through um, all kinds of fun stuff like Halloween and this and that. And um, I'm I'm really into um, pumpkin seeds uh, and Oh my goodness gracious. There's so many, I, you know, I bought a product the other day, which is, um, pumpkin seeds with cinnamon, you know, kind of coated with some cinnamon and then just as the smallest amount of, of a little, little teeny bit amount of sugar, um, which is, you know, just the lowest amount. Um, and so you barely even taste it, but there's just a little hint, but the cinnamon and the pumpkin, oh my gosh, to die for it. So good. Um, yeah, yeah. And then squash. So tell us how we might cook some of this and really have some fun with it. Oh yeah, sure. So I am a big fan of meal prepping for the week. A lot of the squash, especially, Um, you have to cook it. So what I always recommend to people is, you know, getting a butternut squash, getting a pumpkin, maybe an acorn squash, try out one, try out two different ones, see how you feel. You can um, cut them into bite-sized pieces. So a butternut squash, you would peel and cut into bite size. 
an acorn squash, you can actually just put it into, uh, cut the whole acorn squash into quarters. And then if you want smaller pieces, you can cut each of those quarters in half again and leave it just like that. And you can just do a little, you know, salt and pepper, olive oil, whatever spices you like. So you just mentioned cinnamon. So you could do something like that. You could also do cumin and coriander and a more earthy kind of thing. And you roast it and you just roast it. And then you have all of those veggies ready for your week. So you can eat them as is, uh, as a side. You can throw them into a green salad. You can mash up the butternut squash and make it into a soup. But if you kind of prepare some things individually for the week, then you have options, right? You can use them in a bunch of different ways. And same with that fennel or uh, radishes. You can chop those up, eat them raw all week. You can also cook fennel. If you're someone who doesn't love it raw, it really mellows out that and radishes also. You can cook them, roast them the same way I just mentioned, and they mellow out. You can add them to all sorts of stuff. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. How many <laughs> how many ideas should we talk about? Oh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving every single moment of this because, you know, it's just... It's amazing. It also encourages people, quite frankly, to get right into their kitchens. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. radical thought. Um, and, and, to, yeah. and to experiment a little bit. I mean, what's wrong with that? I want to yeah. experiment. I want to be able to play a little bit in the kitchen. Yeah. And, you know, when you also know you're getting such wonderful um, benefits uh, from the vitamins and minerals that you get from all of these um, foods. And at the same time, you're also, as it were, feeding your gut and feeding your gut bacteria. Um, it, it's just, um, it's really interesting when you look at some of these statistics. I, I read that recently that the traditional Western diet, um, I always love that, the standard American diet, mm -hmm. SAD, SAD, the yep. SAD diet. Um, you know, is not diverse, not, and and instead it's just rich in rotten, low quality fat and processed sugar, and an estimated seventy five percent of the world's food is produced from only twelve plant and five animal species. Jeez. You know, I mean, what you just named right there were at least a half a dozen, um, you know, wonderful food options just for the fall, let alone. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's just so important to know that we need to just be deliberate in, in our cooking and all the rest of it. You know, when we're thinking about this, yeah, we're also entering soup time. Mm -hmm. I love soup. And so uh, a nice way to get a win-win out of this, get a lot of diversity and support all of those wonderful bacteria down there. Because if you feed them different things, you'll also be supporting different bacteria and you'll, you'll keep those colonies up there and then you'll get all of the benefits of a much more diverse bacterial population. So let's talk about the kind of vegetables 
um, beans, legumes, and fruit that might be able to help us with this. Because obviously everything I just mentioned um, is high in fiber. Um, and you know, your body can't digest all that stuff. So certain bacteria in your gut, um, can digest it. You can kind of see them as little, you know, bacteria chomping away. Um, and it helps stimulate their growth. And then you get all the great, um, benefits. So what are some of these high fiber foods that are also good for your gut bacteria? Oh yeah. So any plant-based food um, has fiber, but there are obviously ones that have more than others. So you mentioned beans and legumes. So whether you like chickpeas or you like lentils, both of them will be really great. So maybe you're going to mash up some butternut squash and mix it with some lentils and uh, throw it with, throw it over some uh, pasta or some farro or brown rice or something with a little dressing or something and, and that's a nice little side dish or even put a fried egg on there and you've got a nice lunch um bananas and apples you can get those all year round we definitely you know we can always throw in different bananas and apples into our day and get some good fiber on the go because those are are easy to take with you so we i always try to mention those. Um, and now for this season too, you can, you know, I have, I don't think we've, I kind of just mentioned whole grains, but whole grains have a lot of wonderful fiber and you can have any, you know, quinoa one day and brown rice another day. And, um, you know, maybe someday you're going to do tabbouleh. And so that has a different kind of grain in it, but you know, variety is the spice of life. So try out a few different things. And then, you know, there's always the ones we know about, like broccoli and cauliflower and and all that good kind of stuff there. And yeah. my little friends, the green peas. I like yes, green peas. Absolutely. You know, it, you know, they even have pea protein now. Can you believe that? And yeah, um, that in there's a lot of things, right? Yeah, you know, um, the protein sources are becoming... Um, more validated in the plant-based arena, which I think is like very cool because, you know, um, when we keep telling everybody to get two grams per kilogram body weight of protein every day, what if you're a vegetarian or vegan? Um, how in the heck are you gonna possibly do that? I mean, there's just not enough protein on the planet for these guys. And so uh, pea protein, uh, chickpea protein, um, there's all kinds of interesting new ways to be able to do this. Um, I've even seen mushroom. Um, and so this is so fascinating. Um, and so stay up on all of this, folks. Um, and you mentioned uh, the apples um, and the bananas, of course, big favorites. But, you know, don't forget um, blueberries, almonds, and pistachios um, increase um, the uh, bifidobacteria in humans, and these are very, very um, beneficial bacteria. They help intestinal, you know, tamp down intestinal inflammation and enhance gut health. So that's cool. But how about, come on now, Chef Abby, our fermented friendly foods? What about those? Oh, yeah. So I've been doing something lately this week. So I tend to. Uh, do what I mentioned before, like 
cooking ahead or chopping up a bunch of uh, veggies ahead for the week. And then depending on how I'm feeling, maybe it's a salad, maybe it's a grain bowl, maybe it's a side dish, but I also generally make a dressing. So two dressings I keep going back and forth with, both have fermented foods in them. One has miso in it, and it's a really nice, um, it's got vinegar and oil and a little bit of Dijon mustard and some miso in there, which is fermented. And I also have another one that I use kefir in. So it's like a creamier dressing. And that one has like some herbs like dill in there and is um, both of them are wonderful on so many different foods. Sometimes I say all you need is like a dipping sauce or a dressing and it makes everything like really such a lot more lively flavor and such a joy to eat. I love it. Okay, so we've got yogurt and kimchi and sauerkraut and kefir and kombucha and we have tempeh. So you've got options, people. You got options. And why is this so good? Because, you know, when you have um, uh, fermented foods like this, they help promote the growth of beneficial bacteria, as I've said, including uh, the lactobacilli and the bifidobacteria. Um, and they decrease, now here's what's interesting, they decrease the quantities of some harmful strains of bacteria, um, and how cool is that? So what you're really doing is you're kind of helping the good army in there um, and, and allowing this, um, the fermented foods, uh, to be able to enhance function. Now, when we mentioned yogurt, I'm not talking about all that sugary, nasty yogurt out there. Mm-hmm. You know, no, 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 not like that. Um, the plain yogurts, or you know, quite frankly, one of my favorites are um, the Icelandic yogurts. Um, yet they've got, you know, um, they've they've got some flavor in there. And um, that makes it interesting. Um, and they don't have all that weird syrupy, you know, uh, sugary junk, um, which I run the opposite direction from. Um, and they just have a small amount of, uh, of uh, sugar in there, just a very small amount, just enough to kind of, you know, give you a little bit of a, a boost. But that's about it. So you've got a lot of options out there. Now, what the heck is a prebiotic food? Hmm, they promote the growth of beneficial bacteria also, and they're mainly fiber, complex carbs that human cells can't digest. They just can't digest. So you got a whole lot of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains that have prebiotics. Um, And, you know, a lot of this really, um, at the end of the day, uh, is is built into so many of the uh, fruits and vegetables that we're already talking about. Um, and so don't think that every single ounce of fiber is is absorbed and digested by us. It's, you know, that bacteria needs to be able to chomp on that and grow themselves. Now, huh, let's see if there's anything else. Well, you know what's interesting? Poor little whole grains, you mentioned them, but they get dissed a lot um, because people, you know, get all freaked out and everything. But they promote um, bacterioides, um, 
a bifidobacteria, lactobacilli. Um, you know, you mentioned quinoa. Um, I love barley. Um, we've got all kinds of, you know, rye and, and some wheat and all the rest of it. And so, you know, the, the gluten-containing grains may actually negatively impact gut health in some people in some people, not everyone. So you really kind of have to do your own personal homework and see whether or not this is an issue. But there's a lot of options out there, aren't there? Oh, yeah. And the one thing I love to tell people about whole grains is don't forget oatmeal. Um, You know, it could be steel-cut oats. It could be rolled oats. And you can also do something beautiful with rolled oats or plain instant oats, which is called overnight oats. And what that does, so when you take oats, like a rolled oats, let's say, and you put it with some liquid, maybe it's milk, maybe it's almond milk, maybe a little chia seeds, some frozen fruit in there, and you let it sit in the refrigerator for at least four hours, but usually it's great to put together the night before and then you wake up in the morning and your breakfast is ready for you. But that causes something called resistant starch. So those oats are not cooked, but they do you know, break down and absorb some of that liquid that they're sitting in for you know, overnight. And that becomes resistant starch, which is a type of prebiotic. So you're getting kind of a double win there if you were to do something like that overnight oats. So you have your whole grains and you get resistant starch. Oh, I love it. And, and you know, now that we're entering, you know, the, uh, the colder months, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I immediately whip out my oatmeal, you know, oatmeal yeah. in August probably doesn't cut it for me. Um, I just, you know, <laughs> I, I, I want something, you know, a little cooler, a little more refreshing, but boy, I'll tell you, you know, when daylight savings hits or, or, and it's super dark and, you know, early on and it's getting much colder out there and all the rest of it, man, I just whip out that oatmeal at about a heartbeat and a half and the steel cut oats are where it's at for me and add cinnamon which helps uh, regulate your uh, blood sugar um, I throw in walnuts I also do chia and flax seeds in there too I kind of you know get a whole oh man it's like boom just nail it all at one time I'll also I'm just gonna put it out there I also put in a scoop of protein powder you know oh, um, it nice Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's mine's a vanilla flavored, as it were, and it's whey protein powder in this case. But I'm open to looking at some other protein powders too. So I'm going to be playing around with protein powders now that more are available, just to kind of you know get us going with protein. Let's talk about polyphenols. Now, what the heck are they? You know, they're, they're these plant compounds. They have all these health benefits we keep talking about. Um, you know, even including reducing blood pressure, you know, decreasing inflammation, decreasing cholesterol levels, and decreasing oxidative stress. Man, sign me up. So tell us where we can find some of these awesome, you know, polyphenols. Because, you know, human cells can't always digest you know, the polyphenols. Um, And since the polyphenols aren't absorbed efficiently, uh, 
Most of these make their way to the colon where they're digested by gut bacteria. Now we can absorb them, you know, more optimally. So where do you get these things from? Sure. So, well, I'll give like some, some fun ones first. Red wine is a okay. great one. You got me at red wine. So sign me up, right? <laughs> and cocoa and dark chocolate. So we have our, our dessert all set. You know, we have a glass of red wine and maybe some, some dark chocolate to go with that. Sounds delightful to me. Um, also, uh, some green tea. You know, if you're a tea drinker and you have green tea uh, most days, you're, you're doing great in the polyphenols plus pomegranate juice um, or eating whole pomegranates, which kind of leads over to some of our fruits and veggies. So blueberries are very rich and onions and broccoli. Oh, my goodness gracious. And grape and grape, grape skins, right? Have a lot of this yeah. in them too. Yep. And, and you know, now that it's getting a little cooler out, um, of course, you know, uh, 24-7, 365, I'm already doing the dark chocolate. I mean, and when we say dark <laughs> chocolate, make sure the label says 72% cacao or more. And that means that, you know, because a lot of, there's a lot of marketing hype out there. Oh, yeah, it's dark chocolate. And then you find out it's more like milk chocolate. No, you want to be able to have more of the flavonoids and the polyphenols in that dark chocolate. And if it's a reputable brand, 72% or more, and that's how you really do it. And um, it's really wonderful to know that something as lovely as dark chocolate is kind of right right up there on our list. And, you know, yeah. and I'm not saying you're swimming in this stuff, folks. Come on now, portion control. But uh, it's, it's great to have. But I also look for cocoa, don't you? Oh, yeah. Cocoa is wonderful. Um, the only thing I would say that if you are going to be having cocoa, when you make your hot chocolate, for example, a lot of people think of cocoa that way, you do have to add a little bit of sugar because cocoa is unsweetened. So if you are going to use it, you can add it in, uh, you can add it in your oatmeal. We were just talking about oatmeal. You could add it to a smoothie. Um, you could add it to a baked good. But if you are going to, to drink something like hot cocoa, you would need to add a little touch of sugar in there. Okay, now tell me about a smoothie. I'm, I'm starting to you know, get a little tired of my, my blueberry smoothies, and I want to kind of move over to cocoa here a little bit. How do you do yours for a cocoa? My smoothie? Kind of, for a yeah. cocoa smoothie? Ooh, so let's see. I like peanut butter and chocolate or peanut butter and cocoa. So I would definitely have a base of milk or almond milk or something like that and make sure I had some peanut butter in there, a little bit of cocoa, and probably something like frozen blueberries and maybe a handful of baby kale or baby spinach or something. Ooh, wow. Man, that thing is just, you know, chock full, you know, all the yeah. way around. And then um, do you have to sweeten it at all? I am not a sweet, I don't have a sweet tooth necessarily, so I wouldn't sweeten mine. But that being said, other people might want to put a touch of honey or maple syrup in there um, or a little, a little touch of brown sugar maybe. 
Okay, I'm I'm totally good. You know what I do instead of the peanut butter? I use oh my goodness, oh, um, cinnamon almond butter. Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh my gosh, it's so good, um, and it really gives you a nice hit of, um, and that by the way, that's full fat, and so you get mm -hmm. healthy mm -hmm. fat, you get some some more cinnamon, and the taste is wonderful. Um, and it really kind of, you know, sinks down to your tummy. And you can also uh, pick up some nice protein. Another protein source, people don't think. Yeah, yeah. Read your mm -hmm. labels so you can pick that good stuff up. So um, there's your polyphenols. And so really, at the end of the day, we want to be able to say that, um, you know, probiotics per se, and I mentioned those earlier when I was mentioning the sponsor Solaray, um, you know, they improve microbiome function and help restore the microbiome to good health, in, in, especially in people who've got other things going on. And for instance, um, huge amount of stress, medical conditions, sleep deprivation, popping antibiotics, you know, because you had a dental something or, or whatever back and forth. But it's just so important to know you need to be able to restore the bacterial, you know, population uh, back to its optimally healthy, you know, functioning so that you have a very healthy uh, gut uh, microbiome. I just can't stress that enough on the overall. And, you know, one of the ways to turn your self into someone with that, you know, great gut function is to look forward to every single season and its diversity of produce to be able to help feed, you know, your gut appropriately and to maintain that diverse population of of friends with benefits is what I love to be able to call them to say the least. Um, and, you know, Tell me about, as we're, you know, closing this around now, tell me about your favorite soups that kind of bring a lot of this together. Because, you know, I'm one of those throw it all into soup um, on a nice cold day. And I, I just like to have a soup that's got everything in it. I'm like a three bean soup kind of girl. And then a lot of greens in there too. And so what about you? What are your, what is some of your favorites? I love it. It sounds like you, you enjoy what I call a kitchen sink soup. So you're putting everything that, but the kitchen that's me. sink in there, right? Which is delicious. Um, I kind of go a couple different ways. So in the fall, I end up kicking it off more with, uh, a creamy soup, so a pureed soup, like a butternut squash or a potato leek. But instead of using cream in there, I will uh, put in either some silken tofu and puree it, or I will use cannellini beans and puree it. So then it all stays plant-based um, and we get extra fiber, extra plant-based protein in there. And then you can freeze it. And, you know, I've got that frozen in portion sizes for, you know, all the cold season. And then I do also enjoy the kitchen sink type of thing where if I'm, you know, some of my veggies are looking a little sad. I love throwing those into the instant pot or the slow cooker and maybe putting in some beans or lentils in there as well. 
and you know, if we have greens in there at the end, perfect. Oh my gosh. And, and pumpkin soup. Mm, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. What mm-hmm. would you do with that to kind of, you know, kind of spice uh, it up, spruce it up here? Yeah. 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 With, with my pumpkin or butternut squash, I like to use kind of warming spices. So cumin and coriander, maybe a little ginger, um, really to give that warming feel in addition to just the fact that the soup is hot, right? So those warming type of spices I love. You could throw some cinnamon in there too. All of that's super delicious. When do you use nutmeg? Um, I sometimes, well, I sometimes use it in baking. Um, I also often use it in, so I have a pumpkin macaroni and cheese that I make that I have nutmeg in it too. Nutmeg actually does do really nicely with uh, pumpkin and butternut squash. So that's always another option too. I love it. Okay. You know, I, I've, I've got to get better with my spices. Why are spices so important to use? Well, I feel like it's twofold. So the di- so like my chef sided says they're important because that adds flavor, right? So we don't, you know, we're supposed to enjoy eating. So spices and herbs make things flavorful and make us enjoy whatever it is we're eating that much better and add um, depth to whatever that dish might be. And then the dietitian side of me, you know, says that they also have a lot of antioxidants and other things, other attributes that are healthy for us to eat and, you know, good for our bodies. Huh. Okay. Well, I love it. And, and, you know, one of my favorites is curcumin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turmeric. And one of the uh, things I've learned is that, and I didn't fully appreciate this before, um, but um, people from the country of India um, have, have used this forever. And that obviously uh, gives curry, for instance, it's beautiful yellow um, mm-hmm. color. But, you know, mm-hmm. for a very long time, and honestly, research has shown that um, the curcuminoids, um, which are the compounds in curcumin, um, are uh, so terribly important for anti-inflammatory effects. So um, they're also a really strong antioxidant. There are so many wonderful ways to be able to look at uh, the spices and um, ways to be able to enhance what normally is a pretty bland diet if you don't and uh, and get a real win-win out of this because you know that if something like um, curcumin is, is anti-inflammatory, you know it's also being quite beneficial to the bacteria, really supporting um, uh, their ability to be able to tamp down inflammation. And, you know, it's great for your joints and arthritis um, as well. Um, And a lot of us who are, you know, chronic exercisers, you too, Chef Abby, um, you know, love this because it it really (laughs) helps us maintain, you know, high performance with our joints. Well, what can I say? I can just sit here forever 
um, and and talk about the this wonderful topic of seasonal nutritional diversity and its wonderful effect on the gut. So um, we'll just have to continue this with our next episode. What can I say, Chef Abby? Um, and thank you so much for sharing your, you know, uh, wonderful culinary wisdom with us um, once again. And um, all I can say is, oh, I'm heading to the kitchen. You know, Chef Abby, <laughs> you keep doing it to me all the time. You do. Good. I'm just Good. saying. All right. So thank you so much for being on the Herb Podcast again. Of course. I'm always happy to be here with you. And a major shout out to our sponsor, Solaray Vitamins. Run on over to solaray.com and learn more about the probiotics that they provide for you. You know now to take good care of your gut microbiome. Okay, everyone out there, please take a minute to hit iTunes, rate and review the show because I want to hear from you. That's because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Herb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook uh, at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. Catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, and all the major platforms. Thanks for listening today. Stay safe and stay well.